Shoot my shot and it's a layup They easy, I can't make it shit up They fake, that's why they wear makeup To the niggas, I really be fake, bruh Vibe alone cause y'all niggas be hating, bruh Y'all daps and hoes be fake, bruh Touch your face off your head like Welcome back, man I know I ain't did one of these in about a couple of weeks and You know what I'm saying? We like pouring up together, having a real conversation So this week, we're gonna talk that talk, man It's a lot has occurred, you know what I'm saying? Since I did one of these podcasts Dolo sipping on the Cabernet, but tonight, uh, it's Cabernet mixed in it. We're drinking 19 Crimes Red Blend. You know what I mean? I got these laying around the house like bottled waters. I ain't got no nap of this week, but, uh, we still pouring up. We still toasting up and we getting to it. So if y'all seen the name of the podcast, I just popped it up on the screen for you. Perceptions and distractions. So. My boy James Slay came on the Two Brothers podcast and was talking about perceptions. The last episode we did, if you ain't seen the episode, go check it out. And he was talking about how black men with guns are perceived. See what I'm saying? He was talking about black men with guns are perceived as gang members, as violent individuals. And white men with guns are perceived as hunters. You know what I mean? The media promotes visuals and visuals have power. And visuals create perceptions, the way you perceive people and the way you perceive individuals. And in our reality, that could be a distraction from what you really need to be looking at. But all the people that proclaim to be woke and aware, they know what's going on. You know what I mean? And on the cover of the pod, I know you've seen the Quavo and Sweetie situation. I'm going to touch down on that. And also Lil Nas X with that video. That video was crazy. But if you can keep your mind sharp, you can watch those type of things and not let it touch your soul and get into your soul. And also one of the hottest Tennessee artists, man, to come out in L.E. Chopper has recently been arrested. But we're going to touch down on more of that. We're going to touch down on the George Floyd trial. We're going to touch down on these Asian hate crimes. We're going to touch down on uh, Joe Button and his cast members not being there no more. What does that mean for the podcast world and the hip-hop community? Because they're the leading podcast. They're the ones that influence the influencers to continue to move forward, to continue to create. See what I'm saying? And Joe Button, he gives a lot of information on that podcast, and it's a wonderful show. And uh, what I perceive is that, man, Marla Roy need to get back down and before they be removed, because you got to appreciate who you're working with. It seems like they don't appreciate who Joe Budden is no more. And uh, they just don't want to be there. But I don't know why they don't want to be there or why. Let me not uh, make assumptions. So also, we're going to touch down on gangs and the LAPD uh, force. Gangs, like the police officers are gang members. So much crime, so much ignorance, so much crazy stuff going on in our country right now. And to start the pod off, I'm going to go ahead and start it off with the uh, the Sweetie and Quavo fight. You know what I mean? Because, man, that's crazy, man. We're going to watch the video and I'm going to talk about it. Okay, she swung at the name. <laughs> They're wrestling over a bag. Man, 
I know everybody done seen the video and what I seen they wrestling over bag look like she's pouting and mad because he was tussling with her. Then some people look, the door opened up and some people looking at her laying there or whatever. They wrestling and tussling over the bag and she just fell down or whatever. But she swung first. Also, ladies, remember you don't you shouldn't swing at your man ever. In our reality, you should never swing at your man. But you want me to tell you something, my thought process on this. We're going to take the video off, and I'm going to tell you my thought process on this situation. Quavo, <laughs> you should have took a page out of Jay-Z book when he had the incident in the elevator with uh, Solange and Beyonce. He just stood there and let her vent. You got to let the woman vent sometimes. I know, like, male and females have masculine and feminine tendencies, and to swing back at a woman right now in the climate that we in, it's a feminine trait. For real, real talk. It's a feminine trait. That's, that should not be happening right now. And is this the end of the Migos? Because some people are going to perceive that differently. You know what I mean? I could still listen to his music. I could still hear him talk to talk on uh, the records or whatever. But some people are going to perceive that differently. And by them perceiving that differently, it could be the end of the Migos. The Migos might not be going platinum no more. They might not be dropping the platinum records like that, but man, I wish you all well. I, I hope y'all relationship, you know what I mean? Heal itself or whatever. It should heal. And I hope y'all get back together, man, because like people think that uh, Quavo spent $2 million. He really spent more of that because your time is precious. You know what I mean? Your time is precious. And he bought Birkin bags and Bentley trucks and all of that or whatever, but it's more to it than that. When you really love somebody, you spend more than that. You spend time. So he spent a $50 million worth of time with the woman and his cash or whatever. But at the end of the day, I wish y'all nothing but peace and love. And I hope that the relationship can heal itself and y'all get back together, man. That's That would be what true love is about. You know what I mean? Because some people don't understand how important the bond is, the union is when you're with another individual. And uh, we're just going to move along in the podcast, man. This pod might be longer than normal because I haven't done one in a while and it's a lot been going on and I have a lot to talk about. So these Asian hate crimes, I had to take notes for this because I, I learned a lot. Like I seen a lot and the Asian hate crimes, people are speaking out about it. Uh, the incident that happened on the subway and it being a black individual and they calling it a hate crime. I never seen black people and Asians beef like, <laughs> They set up shops in the hoods. They do business in the hood with the hood individuals. They take up property and run a business in the hoods. So I might be a little slow on this pile or whatever, but we're going to get right to it, though. We're going to get right to the information. I'm going to pull up a video about the Asian hate crime that went on in New York City. So, boy, and we're going to listen to it and we're going to talk about it. Violence against Asians. That's what it say on the screen. Violence against Asians. An Asian-American viciously beaten on a New York City subway. Mm. NYPD officials say they're still investigating whether it's a hate crime. A warning now. The video we're about to show is graphic and disturbing. Local coverage from NBC4 New York and reporter Erica Byfield. The J-Train beating is brutal. Fists flew both ways until they didn't. Eventually, an Asian man passes out after getting punched, choked. It makes you think twice about taking the train. 
The NYPD's Hate Crimes Task Force is reviewing it, working to learn when this happened, what prompted it, and who this man is. Last seen walking off the train in Brooklyn at the Kosciuszko Street Station. Bystander intervention trainings. It was several miles away in Bensonhurst where that came up. Lawmakers, community activists on hand to support two women who believe that attackers spit on them because they're Asian. He just spit out to me and then fall on my face here. And I said, excuse me. Then I didn't look back. He didn't attack anyone. He could have, he could have fought back. And I believe there was a reason for that. 16-year-old Vanessa Lamb says that, that mid-March day, she also got pushed. A witness saw and helped. If we don't speak up, people will be emboldened to do these senseless acts. We okay, okay, okay. Let's start. Let me talk about it for a moment. And I'm going to pull the video back up. Trump, when he was in office, what was he calling the coronavirus? The China virus. Is people still like, it, it don't give you the right to take it out on innocent Chinese people or innocent Asian people. Let me not say Chinese because then I'm profiling. But innocent Asian people, is it right to take out your frustration on them because of a situation that their government didn't handle accurately and our government didn't handle accurately? And the words that our president was displaying about those people, did it cause extra frustration? It doesn't give you the right to mishandle them, misuse them, mistreat them people. You know what I mean? We've been mistreated for Centuries, man, black folks. But do they consider that to be a hate crime? And looking at that subway incident, that was a black man. I don't view black and Asian people hating each other. Or is it something that I don't know? Make me aware of it. But let's listen to some more of the video, man. Let's listen to it. Let's talk that talk. We need good neighbors like that. We need Monday, several lawmakers like committed to find funding for that, convinced that's part of the way that New York City must tackle this issue, especially given what happened on that J train. It's sad, you know, it could be one of us. It could be, you know, it could be any of us any day tomorrow, you know. For the news, I'm Erica Byfield. Okay, let's talk to talk, man. Let's talk to talk. So, you know, is the percentage of Asians in America that's involved in American politics and voting is low, like real low. So my thought process is that they don't think that the voting system is going to benefit them in no kind of way. The same way I feel about the voting system of America. It's not going to benefit me no way. I'm already benefiting being in America because this is a capitalist country and I'm free to make any amount of finances I want. Okay. So to think about that, Asians take advantage of the capitalistic country. Blacks. I don't think so as much. I don't even think we know the definition of capitalist and it, should I pull it up? Should I pull it up? Like the definition of a capitalist or a capitalism country. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to pull it up right quick. Yeah, let's define capitalism. An economic 
and political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than by the state. So, okay, Asian countries is communist. It's controlled by the state and the people that's in power. Basically, I don't know who they have presidents or whatever, but I can see why they won't vote because they are already winning by being in America in the first place. So that's why you see all the uh, hair shops and all of that in the hoods. That's why you see the chicken wing spot with the fried rice all over the place or the chicken and fried rice. You know what I'm saying? The general so-so's and the, the, the wasabis and Benihana's and all that all over the place serving the black community. Serving the community on Christmas. They never close at the end of the day. So they're taking advantage of being in a capitalistic country. And that's why I think their voting percentage is low. And I think that if African-Americans don't benefit from being in this country, what are we benefiting at the end of the day? What is the government doing? Are we getting any like, uh, I don't forgot the word that quick. Are we getting all 40 acres in a mule? Are we going to get uh, the word that they're calling it nowadays? I forgot what they're calling it, but we ain't getting none of those things. So what are we voting for? And then like, okay, so Asians, we have no right to abuse them. We have no right. It's all peace, love, and plenty of abundance over this way. Like the canvas say behind me, it's all peace, love, plenty of abundance over this way. So, man, is it a hate crime? Was that situation hateful? Yeah. Is the situation with George Floyd and the Derrick officer hateful? Yeah. Will he be convicted of the crime? Hmm. We're on the second day of trial. And by the time this podcast come out, it'll be the third day of trial. So with that being said, we're going to play like some of the key witnesses to uh, what they had to say. Also, the key witnesses in the uh, George Floyd case. The people, eyewitnesses who testify. Who testify. I'm going to sit my cow while we listen to it. Real spill. George Floyd die. Today, they took the stand in the murder trial of the now fired Minneapolis cop, Derek Chauvin. We heard from a mixed martial artist seen here in police body cam video who yelled at officers, get off that man. He testified he could hear and see George Floyd gasping for air while his neck was under Chauvin's knee. At some point, um, did you make a 911 call? That is correct. Uh, they called the police on the police. Right. And why did you do that? Because uh, I believe I witnessed a murder. We heard from a teenager who recorded the now infamous cell phone video of Chauvin. My man said, I did call the police on the police. Kneeling on Floyd's neck for more than nine minutes. The court decided we can't show her face because of her young age. It's been nights. I stayed up apologizing and, and apologizing to George Floyd for not doing more and not physically interacting and not saving his life. Several of the eyewitnesses to George Floyd's death who were testifying are not being shown on camera because they're so young, including a nine-year-old 
whose voice quivered as she recalled all that she saw. NBC's Jay Gray, live outside the courthouse in Minneapolis. Jay, emotional and compelling testimony all day. Yeah, Chef, you're absolutely right. And as you described so well, it was a tense, very difficult day in that courtroom. Some of the most compelling, gripping testimony came from a Minneapolis firefighter and EMT who lives in the neighborhood and just happened upon the scene the day George Floyd died. Genevieve Hansen moved to tears as she described what she saw, telling jurors she was off duty but desperate to help, approaching police, identifying herself as a medic, and offering to check George Floyd's pulse and start chest compressions if necessary. But she says officers just told her to move to the sidewalk with the rest of the crowd. I offered to what kind of walk them through it or or told them if he doesn't have a pulse you need to start compressions and that wasn't done either i would have been able to provide medical attention to the best of my abilities and this human was denied that right yeah, during cross-examination, the defense team did push back, saying that with police already there, it stood to reason that medics would be on the way. And at- hmm. This trial, Derek Chauvin is being tried for second-degree murder, right? He's being tried for second-degree murder. My perspective is that this is first-degree murder. First degree. The lady who was trying to help uh, an ambulance lady, uh, 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 I don't know what her role is, but she's a lady that works for the government also. What these police supposed to be doing, working for the government, protecting and serving the people in the world. And some information that I was brought aware of about Derek Chauvin. This man got four bodies and two more attempts. People got hit with bullets, but they didn't die. So he got six attempts, six, four murders and two attempts. So six situations where this man has violently reacted. And now he's being charged with second degree murder. Let me let them talk. Asking Hanson if the situation was distracting or hostile because of the emotions of those who had gathered there. Would you describe other people's demeanors as upset or angry? I don't know if you've seen anybody be killed, but it's upsetting. Mm. Now, you may remember an opening uh, statement, Shep, that uh, Chauvin's defense team said that they believe the growing and angry crowd really played into what happened that day. Today, a separate witness said there were about a dozen people there and that their outrage and pleas for Chauvin to release the hold only seemed to make him shift his weight and apply more pressure to Floyd's neck. So this man was extremely full of hay, extremely full of hay. And I want to say the most important thing in this case is the tape. There's no more important witness than the tape. The tape is the most important witness in this trial. And my perspective, he should be found guilty and do life in prison. Should do life in prison. This is not his first rodeo. And uh, when you're just a regular civilian and it's not your first rodeo, don't your priors play effect into your present in the court system? 
If you have a DUI, if you have multiple DUIs, the situation gets worse and worse and worse. The court system builds it up on you. How come they ain't continuously build up his situation on him? How come it, it ain't just, you know what I'm saying? It ain't growing. So another thing, I'm looking at my notes. I take notes all the time. Will the $27 million settlement that the family received play a role in this? It's a lot of money. That Milwaukee or Minnesota or wherever the location was at gave to the family. Will that play a role in this trial? Because normally when we see uh, settlements, the officer walks off. The officer leaves. Even in the, uh, what's my boy in Florida? The first one. Golly. How am I forgetting these names? This this wine kicking in a little bit. But uh, the first trial we seen, the, the they walked. They all walked. With the George dude down in Florida. I forget the uh the guy name who passed because so many of us are passing continuously. You know what I mean? I ain't got my notes right. I'm slipping right now. But at the end of the day, when we see these these cases go on and people receive money, it's over. It's found not guilty. They found not guilty. So at the end of the day, I want to talk about something before I pull another video up. Because I'm not going to pull a video up of this guy because I don't want to put that image out to the world. But I put the image out on the YouTube thumbnail of little Nas X. I don't want to talk about it, but I got to talk about it. The video. The propaganda. My thought process of that video was it was propaganda to take people's mind off of what's really going on. Off the Asian hate crimes, off the George Floyd situation. It was people trying to bring that into the news to be talked about and it get more attention than Things that's real. That's what I think. And uh, nothing against homosexual people or gay people or transsexual people or any person you like what you like. But him putting homosexual images out to the world and then including hell and the devil and stripper poles and twerking and giving the devil a lap dance and everything negative about that imagery. That's crazy. That was a distraction. From what's really going on. And Lil Nas X, man, I hope that's who you really is. And uh, you willing to accept the imagery that you put out that will live for you for the rest of your life and after your life. Because that imagery is like, mm, it's serious, man. And I hope the labels didn't put you up to it and you agree to it because you want to continue to obtain fame and continue to be successful. It seems like these youngsters. And the music business is miserable nowadays. Like I was talking to Easy, who y'all need to check out podcast tomorrow. He did an in-deep dive about music, about uh, depression with the youth. He did a deep dive about a lot of things. And he was talking about like the youth being depressed, the XX Tentacions, uh, the little Nas X. That's depression music. If you really listen to it and he try to make it seem like a happy jingle. And uh, more rappers, man. Uh, Rod Wave, he make like depressing music. M majority of the new artists that's coming out today, music is depressing. And I'm not a depressed individual. I like to live in the moment. I like to smile, be happy, and enjoy right now. And I really can't get into the younger artists, but I'm not hating on the younger artists because they make pretty good music. And the uh, the young boy who died, they they on them pills too, man. That's another thing, man. 
they're on them pills. And all I can say is, man, I hope things change for y'all, man. And y'all can put a smile on y'all face. But uh, also, after the video came out with Lil Nas X, he announced that he was selling some Nikes. Some Nikes for $1,100. And Nike, within 24 hours, they put out a post that they didn't have nothing to do with that. That's not what they was dealing with. And they uh, threatened to sue the company if they released the shoe that uh, was helping Lil Nas X create the shoe. So I was judging like, damn, man, I'm a ambassador of Nike. That's all I rock with. Nike, to be honest. And if they putting out a negative image like that to the world with the 666 and the Baphomet head and the five point star that they was promoting on their shoes. Oh, man, it was over for me. I couldn't purchase nothing Nike no more. I had to switch up the swag all the way up. I wasn't about anything ever again. But little Nas X, man. Get you some help, dog. <laughs> That's all I can say. Get you some help. And okay, so let's get back into the podcast, man. Let's get off of that young boy and let's just continue on with the pod. So my home state of Tennessee, they passing the law. Gun owners got it made. You don't even have to have like license or permission or nothing to carry the strap no more. And uh the law passed within the last 15 hours. It's in its final stages that uh, passes a permitless carry bill. So you can carry the strap without the permit. In the state of Tennessee, the first state in the United States. So. Everybody going to be strapped. I know it's a tax free state, no state taxes and all that. But man, I ain't I ain't moving back home if everybody's strapped. The crime rate already through the roof. It's already through the roof, man. Like they they don't highlight it on CNN or Fox News or World News because it's not a state that, you know what I mean? A massive amount of people live in. It's not New York. It's not Illinois. It's not uh, California. It's not Texas. It's not Florida. But it's a lot of crime going on. And per person, it's, it's just as bad as anywhere else in the world. But let's let's let the, let's let them talk and let me be quiet for a moment. Allow Tennesseans to carry a gun without a permit cleared one of the last legislative hurdles yesterday. Yesterday, the Tennessee House joined the Senate in voting to pass the permitless carry bill. The House voted 64-29 to pass the bill. After clearing the General Assembly, the bill now heads to the governor's desk to be signed into law. The legislation would allow for both open and concealed carrying of handguns for people 21 and older without a permit, as well as for military members aged 18 to 20. It also increased punishments for certain gun crimes, such as boosting theft of a firearm from a misdemeanor to a felony and mandating six months of incarceration for the offense, up from the current 30-day sentence. However, Republicans argue the bill makes Tennessee safer, arguing it allows for more Second Amendment freedoms, but also punishes those who misuse firearms. There were some last-minute efforts yesterday to stop the passage of the bill, but to no avail, and there are people who are passionately speaking out against it. Governor Lee clearly, clearly demonstrates his corruption and commitment to political donations and power over the will and safety of Tennesseans. Permitless carry of firearms that can take life unjustly is immoral. It was crazy. You see, 
the people who are speaking about this are black individuals that's in political places speaking on it because they know what the, it's going to do to the crime rate in the black community. They know what it's going to do. So you're going to have all the young boys riding around with legal choppers. Everybody going to be outside with legal choppers and they can't even take them to jail for it because they can carry it without a permit legally, as long as they purchased it legally. I see that they're going to make the charges increase when they catch you or you misusing the strap. But at the end of the day, what is the strap meant to be used for? It's not <laughs> it's not used for hunting. And then at the beginning of the podcast, if you heard me talk about perceptions, I talked about what James called in and said, when you think about a young black individual with a gun, you think about him as a gang member or a violent individual. When you see a white man with a gun, you think of him as a hunter. So we're going to end that off, man. We're going to end that off. State of Tennessee, y'all got to do better. My thought process, y'all got to do better, man. So, okay, so, like, I was talking to my boy, Troy, my uh, co-host on the Two Brothers podcast, and we was talking about uh, people gifting you, men gifting each other and promoting it on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Like, if you gift me, don't pull your phone out and film it. I don't like it. They don't, they, they don't sit right with me. They don't feel right. Like, filming it. What you filming it for? That's some, you know what I mean? That's some foo-foo's type stuff, man. That's foo-gazy. My thought process, that's foo. So, don't film it. But nowadays, we see all these rappers like, when uh, Kodak came home, Lil, Lil Yachty handed him 50000 but he filmed it. Give me 50000 You don't have to film it. Okay, we see brothers buying vehicles for each other. Gucci, he uh, bought Pooh Shiesty, the, uh, the 1017 Jeep. But they filmed it, and it was hyped up about it. It's okay to give somebody. You know what I mean? We see uh, P, QCP. Give a little baby the Rolls Royces and he give an offset the Rolls Royce trucks and the Bentley trucks and everything and they filming it. Like, that's lame to me. It could be just me. I will accept the gift from another man, but am I weird? Like, leave something in the comment section about this, but like being all hyped up and filming it though, when you gift me. And as of recently, what made me want to talk about this topic is that black youngster bought uh, his artist, Lil Migo, a new Lambo for his birthday. And how they was acting and how they was excited about it, it was weird as shit to me. Let's look at it. Y'all back up. Back up. Back up. Back up. I'll watch a nigga loading when I stack my first 10, nigga. 
Ain't no young nigga fuck with me. No cap. If they is, tell them cause he better. Stupid ass nigga. Go do the shit better. It ain't nobody better. CMG for life. Okay, man. I just ain't interested in that type of activity. You know what I mean? Bobby Smurder come home. Right when he come home, Quavo fly, flew them out. As feel like he was a female, flew them out. They they popping tags and popping chains for him. I understand, man. I understand. I understand, but man, it seemed like. Like I'm gifting a girl or something. Like I'm highlighting a woman. You know what I mean? You don't even buy your woman a wedding ring that costs as much as these things that these people are buying men. I know that they make a profit off of each other, but the feeling part is bothering me. It's weird as shit to me. And uh, salute, though. Salute to y'all success. Salute to CMG. Heavy count. Salute to Lamigo. Black youngster. Money bag. Yo, yo, got it. Y'all doing it big. Y'all representing the home state. And much love. You know what I mean? I salute y'all. But we're going to look at this lawyer. Uh, talk about the NLE Chopper situation. Another Tennessee artist. We got an update on his arrest. And I didn't know, you know what I'm saying? NLE Chopper was in these type of activities, though. Like, I didn't know he was involved in these type of activities. And we're going to get an update on his arrest. And then before we get before I get into the NLE Chopper thing. I want to talk about NBA Youngboy, too. I know that's uh, past news or whatever, but NBA Youngboy, like, <clears throat> what he got going on, dog? Like, he just made a $1.5 million bond. I never heard of the feds giving bond out, like releasing people. Like, when the feds come, they got enough information to lock you up and throw, throw away the key. Did he cooperate? The NBA young boy cooperate and pay a fee to be released. Or did he not pay nothing and just cooperate? And they said that he paid a fee to be released because he got charges all over the country. You know what I mean? He got, he got charges in Louisiana, left and right. Gun charges, chopper charges, got choppers all over the place. And he got jammed up in this situation. The feds, you know what I mean? Attacked him in California and Los Angeles. And he was released on bond for this situation in Los Angeles. So, Let's listen to it though. Let's well, not that, but the NBA young boy situation is out of control. I wish you well, young brother, man. You got a lot hanging over your head, and I wish you well. But let's listen to the NLE Chopper situation because we got an update on his arrest, and I'm about to figure out what he was arrested for. What type of activities was NLE Chopper in, young boy? They're saying he had a weapon on him, he didn't have a permit to carry concealed, and he was carrying concealed, which means it was tucked, was put in his jacket, hidden from public view. The second charge is burglary. They're saying that he was on a premises that he wasn't allowed to be at, and he was there with the purpose of wanting to commit a crime. That charge also carries with it a five-year sentence. The other two charges are for possession of Xanax, possession of marijuana. Whether he will have any defenses remains to be seen. On the gun charge, you can argue that, hey, I had a license 
license from another state for it, Sean, or that license. He might also be able to argue that you were at a place of business when you caught me. That maybe he was shooting a music video, and so when they caught him, it's not concealed carry if he's on a place of business. The fact that they're charging him with burglary means that he wasn't didn't have permission to be on the premises. That defense might not be so likely. Obviously, possession charges are very tough if they catch you with drugs on you. It's going all right. Okay, okay, okay. That was enough. I don't know who video I stole anyway to be able to talk about the situation, but he caught with drugs. He caught with guns. No license. He caught with an attempt to uh, harm an individual. He got multiple charges. Likely, this is his first charge, and him being a superstar and uh, signed to a major label, I think NLE Chopper will be fine. But what made me want to talk about this is that in the hip-hop community, a lot of artists become successful and get ignorant. They get ignorant to the point to where they catch it. They didn't catch charges before they got money. And when they was in the streets, running around in the streets with the thugs and their homies and shit, but right when they get a little bag, they get in trouble. They get in trouble. They get into some foolishness and and uh, they lose it all. And artists, if you come up, man, get get your old head on your team that's going to tell you nothing but positive things, that's going to want to see you win, want to see you successful, and uh, have your back. Just have someone that you're willing to listen to. You know what I mean? And you won't be caught up in none of this dumb shit, man. You run around with your crew or young niggas, then you're going to end up, you know what I mean, in some more foolishness. I was going to talk about the fight at Wendy's over the four for four uh, meal too, but I'm going to cut that out though. Like at the end of the day, why are we even eating Wendy's and what type of nourishment are you getting with a four for four meal? How can they sell it for $4? Like four different items for $4. Any nutritional value in that? I doubt it. You ain't eating up but flour and grease. Basically ain't no nutritional value in it. So Man, we got to be smarter, man, in all aspects. And then we're going to be fighting over the 4 for 4 We're going to be in Wendy's fighting somebody over a 4 for 4 So I'm going to get uh, into this video that's something I want to talk about. It's uh, the L.A. County Sheriff vows to catch the officers that are involved in gang activities. There's multiple officers involved in gang activities in L.A., Hmm. And then after I get off of this topic, I want to end the show off with Joe Button podcast, a podcast that has influenced me to create podcasts, a podcast that I listen to every week. They touch down. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's great content. And I appreciate the Joe Button podcast, man. I, I Roy and Ma, I hope y'all come back for real. But let's get into this L.A. thing, man. Crime right in L.A. Goofy. Deputy gang members, let's do it. L.A. County Sheriff says he has taken unprecedented action to crack down on deputies who are members of cliques or gangs inside the sheriff's department. 26 deputies linked to one such group in East L.A. may now face suspension or firing, and deputies tied to another group in Compton being investigated as well. NBC4's investigative reporter Eric Leonard with the story. 
that we are holding our employees accountable to the rule of law, and I will not tolerate any group of employees who mistreats any member of the community. As one example, the sheriff has announced more than two dozen employees could be suspended or fired for an off-duty fight in 2018, tied to a deputy clique called the Banditos that allegedly controlled the East L.A. Sheriff Station. This week, we are delivering 26 letters of intent to suspend or terminate. The sheriff says he's replaced the station captain and transferred 36 deputies to new assignments, but there are other deputy groups in other parts of the county. If it really is a new lease, the sheriff's department's turning over, as the sheriff says, it's historic. Inspector General Max Huntsman says deputy gangs have been a long problem, and while he says he's encouraged by today's announcement, he says there's more the sheriff could do to discourage deputies from joining groups like these. There are many of these groups in the sheriff's department. I'm going to turn that down and talk about uh, the system of America and what's going on in America. Politics, police activity, uh, just things that's going on in America that's, that's falling apart. And um, like law enforcement is one of them. Law enforcement is falling apart. You have gang members in it. You have gang members in the military. Gang members get in the military. They done snitched on somebody. They hurry up and get in the military so they can live a different life and get up out of that. And they be gang banging in the military. Like America is falling apart. People might not agree with me. People might not believe me, but later on down the line, they'll see. I might not be allowed to see it, but America is a fallen country at this moment. And I talk to people from other countries and they say that it looks crazy when they look at the news in their country. I have friends in Germany. I have friends in Australia. I have friends in England and Canada. And they say America looks crazy right now. When they look at the news, it looked like some it looked like a movie. It's unbelievable. But we're engulfed in it over here and it seems normal to us. People are dying around us. Stuff is happening all around us. Like right now in a five mile radius, it's something crazy going on. I don't care where you live at in this country. You can live in Beverly Hills. You can live in Miami Gardens. You can live in Detroit, Michigan. You can live in Maine. It's something crazy going on. And I just want to say, man, <laughs> protect yourself, be smart, and do what's right. Gangs, in the police department? Hmm. And you wonder why people get away with so much crime and people willing to do anything for finances and money. <sighs> Perceptions and distractions. What you perceive to be a reality will become your reality. Hmm. If you are entertained by the foolishness and you are tuned into the foolishness and you're not learning and looking at your surroundings, then you distract it. Perceptions and distract. Distractions. I'm I'm tipsy now. Okay. <laughs> let's hurry up and get to the Joe Button situation with Marlon Roy and let's listen to what Joe had to say on his live. And uh we're gonna get on off here. I hope this podcast got y'all through a glass of wine. And make sure to watch the podcast to the end of the podcast so you can support black businesses, so you can support our sponsors of the Trevor Jackson podcast. Uh the Cabinet Conversation. We have uh People with credit restoration. We have uh, real estate agents, uh, athletic wear, authors, uh, restaurants, uh, pure romance, and we have artists. 
who wants you to check out their albums, who have phenomenal work. And I support each and every one of these individuals in anything that they do. So let's check out Joe and see what he's talking about, about Mala Rory. God damn it. Joe, when are the boys going to be back? Hit the boys, man. Ask them. Let everybody get a break. A vacation. Everybody don't want to spend their whole life potting. Oh, yes. Let me turn this down. They're going to they cut my live off. Dree is always a safe space when I'm around. This is definitely a safe space. Shout out to the bloggers recording this. There's no tea spill. And I really just came to say hi while I was doing myself. Joe with that bad internet. <laughs> care things. How's everybody's Sunday going? I don't have breakfast planned. I don't have brunch planned. I have nothing planned, actually. <laughs> y'all look at y'all. Oh, you're so nosy. God damn. <laughs> what happened to such and such? So I'm going to turn down the video and uh, get off of that because at the end of the day, I'm going to break down right quick what Joe was saying on that live. On that live, Joe was saying that him and uh, Roy is going to seek counseling. They're going to seek help to uh, so they can resolve things and get back to work. And uh, Maul hasn't been mentioned. I don't know what Maul is doing. I've been checking Instagrams and Twitters to see if they leave cryptic tweets or something about the pod. And they haven't. But Maul, uh, well, not Maul, Joe and Rory said they're going to seek counseling. That's what he said in that uh, live. And man, whatever you got to do to do to get it done, man, get it done because Y'all leaders in the pack, man. Y'all got to keep it going. Like, I thought the Breakfast Club was about to fall off. I thought the Breakfast Club was dying. I ain't listened to a Breakfast Club episode, and I don't know when. And when I do, I'll probably be entertained again. But the Breakfast Club is the last of the radio, of the hip-hop community. They the last. After the Breakfast Club, it won't be no more radio for the uh, black culture. It won't be no press a place to go for a press run. But the Breakfast Club, that's the last place you can go to for a press run. So at the end of the day, podcasting for hip hop, Joe Budden is it. I'm inspired. That's what got me up here talking. I'm inspired by the Joe Budden podcast. I'm inspired by the Star Report. I'm inspired by uh, Gillian Wallow, million dollars worth of game. I'm inspired. But y'all got to get it together. And and Rory and Ma, I'm going to tell y'all something, too, what I think about the Joe Budden podcast. Also... Man, those ice and his other homeboy can replace y'all. Y'all can be replaced. Don't forget that Joe is a real live celebrity. He can handle his own. He created multiple shows. He can continue on. He could talk to himself for three hours. Like I just talked to myself for 45 minutes on this show. <laughs> it's the longest cabinet conversation of all time. But at the end of the day, get it together, man. Make it work, man. Peace, love, and abundance. Check out the sponsors at the end of the podcast. Hey, I'm out. Chill.
drop ballin', keepin' my mind at ease. Hot boy like Weezy, nigga. I stay in the quarter, shippin' and handlin'. Your boy be grindin' harder. Hot boy like BG. I keep choppers in the city, and they know I ain't for play, so they ain't fuckin' with me. Hot boy like Lil Turk. Okay. I'm always doin' dirt. Okay. If a nigga out of line, I'm quick to put him on a shirt. Hot boy, I got a real big bank roll. A nigga ballin' like he found a whole pot of gold. Ryan slow in that foreign, ayy. You niggas boring, ayy. The money pouring, ayy. So fly, I'm soaring, ayy. Bitch so bad, got the tricks real sad. Cause a player dripped up all day. In a major way, I'm getting major cake. Don't need no major label. Been had major paper. Don't rock with the traders. We tipping the waiters. Hundred dollar table, fresh line. With the razor, Cartier frames, your boy got flavor. Sauced up like J Money, all I chase is the honey. You niggas too funny, we been done, done it. The Jackson Podcast. Hello, this is the Trevor Jackson Podcast, sponsored by Anchor App.